Welcome to the Daily Cron for Tuesday, February 19th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton, and today is normally a Tech Tuesday. And I guess we'll do a little bit about that. And then I want to transition a bit into um, maybe a little bit about my uh, experience with cancer that I've alluded to in previous years. And it'll make sense as I move on. But if you're not interested in that stuff, I'll let you know when I'm going to transition into that. So first, Tech Tuesday. So today I had my annual physical, and uh, it was the first time I was using the MyChart app from Epic fully for this appointment. And there's a couple features in this app that I liked and that have potential but weren't really used today, and there was a couple features that worked well. So first up, the I, I really liked I liked the idea, anyway, of being able to check in um, and fill out the paperwork ahead of time. So there's an option there to do that, and you know you tell them whether you have a change in medication, you know, or um, you know, whatever, a change in insurance, that kind of thing. But the 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 issue is, I went through all that, and then they still asked me the same questions when I came when I came in. The uh, the nurse still had to go through the same questions, and I said, you know, I already went through this, and she told me uh, they still have to ask questions anyway. So. I don't know if that's a policy thing. Or I, I don't know. So still useful to go through because I got to see what's in the database and uh, opportunity to make corrections if necessary. So another neat uh, little feature in here is the uh, test results feature. So I took a uh, blood test last week, and I mentioned that in the podcast, and last Tech Tuesday, actually. And then a couple days later, I got to see the test results. And test results were nicely visualized in the app, and I got to see the these line graphs, like imagine a horizontal line, green in the middle, yellow on either end, and a little um, perpendicular arrow pointing to where you are in that result. So I got to see um, where I was in the normal range for everything. Very useful. Did not visualize previous test results, maybe because they came from a different lab, but regardless, I didn't. It couldn't compare them. So when I went to the office, I talked to my doctor, and he actually told me I'd proved and proved a lot on some of these. So that's good to know. Uh, so maybe in the future, uh, in the next set of test results will be um, visualized properly. I'll be able to compare them more easily in the app, and that would be uh, pretty cool. Okay, so the next thing that actually worked half well and half not well, they have this GPS feature in the app. So it's supposed to remind you when you're getting close to the appointment, and then you're supposed to be able to check in remotely. And so it actually kind of worked because I was about a block away and it asked me, it said, hey, it looks like you're about to get to your appointment. Log into the app and let us know when you're here. So when I got into the office, I did that, hit the button, and it's supposed to alert the front desk staff. But it didn't seem like it really worked or they were paying attention to it because I still had to sign the paper and talk to someone in person. Yeah. However, uh, after my appointment, when I went to book my follow-up, I actually did it in person, but the actual calendar event was right in the app right away. I was able to, on the elevator ride down, tap a button, get it right on my calendar so I don't forget it. So that was pretty nice. I think in the future, I will um, just, I'm will just i going to just try to use the MyChart app paperless, because this time I, I took a paper form at the end with my uh, my my scheduled appointment, but I think next time it seems reliable enough that I won't need to do that. So that's nice. Test results are in there. Um, 
I can even schedule an appointment with my doctor through the app, which is nice. So uh, it's cool. So if you have access to the MyChart app or something similar, where you go to a doctor, <clears throat> check it out. Uh, I like it. It's a lot better than the system we had before. It's a lot better than the completely paper system of my youth. So I like it. And that's pretty much all <clears throat> for Tech Tuesday today. Uh, so if you want to bail now, you can. Otherwise, I'm going to go into a little bit about my previous experiences with cancer. So why would I be talking about cancer today on a Tech Tuesday? Uh, primarily because these annual physicals always remind me of that experience. It happened when I was like 23 years old. It was a very intense uh, experience, I guess you can imagine, and I think it was very formative. It's had repercussions at last to this day, and every time I go to the doctor, I mean, well, I mean, frankly, every day I'm confronted with a reminder of the experience physically. But every time I go to one of these physicals, I'm reminded of it because for the longest time I had uh, these follow-up physicals with my oncologist, especially many times a year. At first, it was like every month, every three months, every six months, every year. And every time I go to one of these, I'd be just really anxious, worried that the test results are going to come back positive and I'll have to start the whole process over again, but this time worse. So it was going to these, uh, any of these kinds of physicals, even though this is just my regular annual physical, but any of these doctor's appointments always made me a little more anxious and I would be thinking about it. And then afterwards, when I would have a positive um, experience there and they tell me everything was okay, I could relax a little bit and I would go out and treat myself, get some pizza or something somewhere like so tonight i did that by going to the borough brew house and i was taco tuesday there so i had a couple of uh, tacos and I had some beer and then some friends of mine showed up and that was unexpected but that was nice and we hung out for a while and talked and then i came home and it was good it was a nice uh nice little experience i'm gonna go back to my proper diet tomorrow um <clears throat> test results actually were by the way were excellent i'm in excellent health still struggling with my weight but, you know, I've, I've made progress. I'm just not where I want to be yet. But all my um, test results, blood work, were great. Blood pressure is excellent. Resting heart rate is superb. <clears throat> so all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> so after, after the after the Burr Brew House and everything, I, you know, came home to do this. But I had, you know, been thinking about doing something about the, the cancer story for a while. So, because I had mentioned it before in progress, so I might as well do it today. So there's a lot of stories I guess I could tell. I'm not going to go through all of them. And I've actually recorded this particular podcast a few times now because I'm not sure what I want to tell. And and it's gone. It, it kept going on too long. So I'm going to try to keep this one a little shorter. We'll see how that works out. <clears throat> but I guess uh, I figured what might be most useful to people who don't know anything about this would be the beginning. Start at the beginning. So the cancer I had was testicular cancer. And uh, testicular cancer is a cancer that primarily strikes the young. Um, like teenagers, 20-somethings, um, you know, men. And it, it, because of that, it is a disease that is aggressively treated. Uh, I guess the thought is that if you're young, you can tolerate a lot of treatment. So they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at you, and it, it's going to hurt, but most likely you'll survive. There's actually a very high survival rate this cancer especially when you catch it early in fact you can you catch if caught early enough you can completely eliminate it through surgery <clears throat> so it's very important i want to emphasize this 
if you take nothing else away from this, is to make sure you you talk to young men in your life, teenage boys and, you know, college-age kids especially, because that's the prime years where you're, you're most likely to develop this cancer, to make sure they understand how to perform a self-exam and do so. And just like you would talk to, uh, you know, your young women about this, about self-exams for breast cancer, you should definitely talk to boys about this, especially because they're much more likely, I think, to develop testicular cancer at that age than girls are to develop breast cancer at that age. Um, so, very important. I, I think I originally learned about doing self-exams in a health class. So, I don't know if it was middle school or high school, but I'm pretty sure it was like some kind of health class a long, long time ago. And I, for whatever reason, it stuck with me and I actually did self-exams for a long time. Uh, and so at this point in the story, when this all starts, I had recently graduated from college. I was working full time at excellent health insurance and I felt a lump. Now I didn't immediately go to the doctor about this. Maybe I should have in retrospect, but I wasn't sure what I was feeling, you know, and it's also hard to wrap your mind around it too. You know, you're like, is this? Is cancer, especially for me, because I overreact to things, or like I especially did then. I was, <clears throat> I mean, actually, when I felt it, I was sure. I was like, this is cancer. But I mean, I didn't have any evidence at that point. I just assumed the worst all the time. And so I, um, I actually let it go for a little while and I kept checking in on it. Unfortunately, uh, I had, I had a particularly aggressive tumor. So a couple, a couple weeks of checking in on it, I'd be like doing like a once a week exam. I started feeling it which is a little unusual. Apparently, you know, a lot of times you just feel a lump. I actually started feeling pain, discomfort, and it was obviously swelling. So <clears throat> I couldn't wait anymore, obviously, at that point, because like, it, <clears throat> it grew fast. Like, everybody's cancer is like a, like a beautiful, unique snowflake of, you know, horror and misery. But mine was like a particularly aggressive a-hole. It was very fast-growing. And <clears throat> so by the time I got, I, I, I was like, I... I I started really feeling some discomfort and pain. I was like, we got, we got to go to the ER. It's not, <clears throat> it's not going away. I can't wait to go see my regular doctor. I think I had an appointment at that point, but I, I couldn't wait to see the doctor anymore. So I talked to my dad and said, okay, we're, we're going to go to the ER. So this is what happens when you go into an ER with these symptoms. Okay, going to the ER. I, I decided that I was going to go to the ER on a Friday night. So the best time of the week to go to the ER Friday night. <laughs> uh, so I go to the ER and we check in, we tell them our symptoms and it takes a while and they have to, uh, first they have to kind of figure out if something's going on. <clears throat> so uh, I remember like one of the first things I did, I think they did like a, uh, a first, like an exam, like a physical exam. And then that was like indicated that they should do some more thorough exam or, or maybe a doctor ordered it, uh, uh, ordered it, but they need to do an ultrasound. So then I need to do an ultrasound, which is uh, its own kind of fun. So I had to go into a room with the technician, uh, and then they had to like put the gel on you know, and do like an ultrasound. Uh, and they can't tell you a diagnosis. Like they're the technician; they don't know. They're not necessarily trained well enough. They're not authorized for sure to tell you anything. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there, and the technician can't tell me, "Oh yeah, this is a tumor or something," but I could see it on her face like there was something wrong it was not good i could tell right away but i wouldn't learn that until a little later because i had to go and 
and whoever had to go look at it, whatever doctor had to go look at it. So the doctor looks at it, obviously, and waiting around. The doctor comes in and is like, we would like to do surgery tonight. You know, I don't know if that's the exact words, but the gist of it was, yeah, this is this doesn't look good. We need to cut this out and get a biopsy done. We can't wait till Monday. We're going to do it tonight. We're going to do it right now. We're going to check you in. We're going to do it right now. Uh, and so we started the process of checking me in to the hospital on a Friday night. Uh, so after a while of waiting around, though, it turns out like they couldn't get an OR for Friday night. I mean, cause, probably because it's Friday night and they were busy. So they couldn't get an OR set up or the team together or something. So they decided the best thing to do was to um, have me sleep there so they could do it first thing in the morning. Now, I lived like two, three miles from this hospital. I could have gone home and come back. But no, they were so adamant on doing surgery. That's how serious. That is really when I knew. I knew. I was like, this is serious. Because you, you don't mess around. If you're, you're telling me they're going to go through all the added expense, for one thing, of making sure that I'm literally in the hospital so they can yank me out of bed the moment they can get an OR together and do surgery. Yeah. That's how, that's how, that's whatever they saw in that scan. Uh, it scared the doctor, or maybe not scared the doctor, but it, 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 it was serious enough to them that they want to do an immediate surgery and not even wait a day if they could avoid it. They had no choice to wait until the morning, but so I, I had to get checked into my very own suite in the, uh, the hospital. Later on in my journey to uh, Cancer World, I'd be at Fox Chase. Uh, it's a different hospital than the one I'm talking about tonight. But when I was at Fox Chase, I had the, ex- the experience of sharing a room with others who were in far worse condition than me, and that, that was among the most unpleasant experiences of my life. This room, on the other hand, different hospital, I was all my own. But it was also a terrible experience. <clears throat> it started out somewhat comically, though. So <laughs> we're in the room, you know, checking us in. I'm getting comfortable, as comfortable as you can get on a, a hospital bed. My dad's still with me at this point, uh, even though it had been hours. And the doctor comes in to tell me what's going to go on in the morning about the orchiectomy, which is the surgery they're going to do. And one of the first things he says to me is, uh, now remember, this doesn't make you less of a man. Before I could even respond, before I could even respond to this, my dad chimes in and says, don't worry, that he doesn't think that way. And he's right. And then I was like, I told the doctor, I said, just uh, cut it out. Cut it out with prejudice. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I did. Let's go. We can't, we, can't, we can't get this surgery done fast enough for me. <clears throat> because I didn't, uh, I guess a lot of people, a lot of guys may be sensitive about the type of cancer. I mean, I wasn't really, because especially once you're in the process, it's like, cut it out. Once they told me there was cancer, I was like, cut this out. Cut it out as fast as humanly possible with prejudice. I do not care. <laughs> like, I do not need this. I got a backup. I don't care. I'll be fine. Cut it out. And that's all I could think of that night was like, was uh, after they left, my dad left, after the doctor left, I'm sitting in this bed alone in the dark on a Friday night. I'm barely out of college. Normally on a Friday night at this point, I'm an introverted, geeky IT guy. I'd be sitting at home, maybe eating a pizza, eating some pizza and watching sci-fi channel. You know, I, I mean, I, I was sitting alone in this bed contemplating my existence having like this this ever rising existential fear dread take over me really all the while thinking to myself feeling actually 
feeling the ache from the tumor. And and as I felt that, it was it was like I was imagining these cells growing and multiplying and trying to kill me. And that that experience is something that's indelible. That night in the hospital, I don't even know if I slept. It doesn't. I don't think I did much uh, because all I could think about was that. It was I, I couldn't sleep well. It was uncomfortable to sleep, and it was. Um, and then your thoughts are racing, and it, and it sucked. It was not. It was not fun. Not fun. Uh, I, I don't. I don't avoid. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. Um, I don't recommend cancer if you can avoid it. You know, do so. <clears throat> so anyway. Morning finally comes. I'm pretty tired, I think, at this point, because, you know, didn't sleep well. And they had to prep me for surgery, and so they, you know, mark the correct side of my body, so they cut out the proper diseased testicle, not the healthy one. Although, uh, at this point, at this point, uh, it was pretty obvious which one was the uh, disease one, which one wasn't. Uh, Yeah. But the... They have to mark me up, and then they have to wheel me in, and it's a surgery, it's an orchiectomy, and it's it's not super invasive. It does have, like, a week of recovery time, and, uh, you know, they basically have to remove the testicle, right? I'll put a link to the Wikipedia page for the surgery and for the um, lymph node dissection that I had later on, even though I'm not really going to go into that tonight. <clears throat> but the um, the orchiectomy, the orchiectomy uh, required me to go under anesthesia. And I hate anesthesia. Um, Anesthesia to me, it feels like death. It's a distinctly different experience waking up from anesthesia versus waking up from sleep. For me, I wake up from sleep, I have a continuity of consciousness. I feel like I have existed throughout the night. I just wasn't fully aware of it. Or maybe I have lingering uh, remembrances of a dream. But, but anesthesia, anesthesia, I feel like someone turned me off like a light switch and then turned me back on again. It's very disconcerting, and ever since I was a kid and I first experienced it with some surgery, I have hated it. I've dreaded it. I've tried to avoid it, but you know you can't avoid it when they're cutting your testicle out. So <laughs> they put you under, they cut, and uh, then they send away the sample to get looked at. <clears throat> oh, you know what's interesting about this experience is that I, I believe also at the time, um, I don't think it was that long, but it was a was it, when it, it was around. What was around the time that I think Tom Green was on? Um, if you remember him from like MTV, I think it was. I think it was in two thousand, right? So it was a it was a, a few years after that, but it wasn't that many years after uh, Tom Green had the testicular cancer thing. It was early two thousand, according to, to Wikipedia. <clears throat> so I remembered that. Maybe that even might be part of the reason why I was doing self-exams, too, because I remember watching that that special, um, Tom Green. <laughs> I actually used to like Tom Green show. But um, he went through all that, and it was... Uh, I remember that. I remember that whole special that he did, and going through that, and it was... Uh, um, I think probably a really good thing that I saw that, because it it's probably part of the reason why I was so aware of this even being a disease that you could get. <clears throat> but I remember that uh, Tom Green thing. So it was around the same kind of time with a few years. Also, um, you know, like, I don't know, uh, what's his name? The, the now somewhat disgraced bicyclist, you know, 
who, who had testicular cancer. Everyone had the stupid bracelets on. Oh, man, I got so many stories about this, <laughs> about the cancer word. But I'm um, digress a little bit here. <clears throat> the uh, the this is around that time period, is like the early 2000s. So, <clears throat> uh, so it hadn't been that many years since that special MTV, and uh, and I think I had health class about it. So that's probably why I I even learned about it. But they went through, and I woke up from the surgery. And I did not actually like. I think Tom Green had like a had the actual. <laughs> I think he had the actual testicle or something later. Like he got the sample. I did not. I let them keep it for scientific research. I was like, I don't need it. Uh, I, I think you can actually get that stuff destroyed. I don't know if you know this, but you have to give permission to use those samples for you know, like other stuff. Because eventually they asked me if if they could use all this information about my case and they could use my the tissue samples for research and i was like okay sure but you don't have to do that you can say no and then they'll just destroy the stuff <clears throat> i don't know why you wouldn't want research to be done on diseased body parts that you're never gonna you know need or want again but it's an option so you know so after the orchiectomy and i wake up and i feel like crap because you know i'm just under anesthesia uh they tell me i have to send it out so i don't get to no results for a while so i have like at least a week before i can get results and so I go home to do recovery. Uh, recovery is, it's just basically kind of kind of painful a little bit. It's not that painful. I mean, there's way worse, more painful things than, than this. Just some ache. You know, you have an ice pack. Take some, some Motrin. You're fine. Um, you know, you get some swelling, so you can't really, like, uh, you know, you're not going to go running or anything. You basically just sit at home for a week. So I watched a lot of uh, Star Trek DS9, I remember, <laughs> because it was, and, and some other sci-fi shows that were on syndication at the time on some cable channel. Also, I think I was doing a lot of Netflix. And for those of you too young to remember Netflix as a DVD service, uh, I watched a lot of anime and Star Trek and uh, Babylon 5 through these all of these experiences for the next like year, year plus, whatever. I would just be getting uh, three CDs at a time, Netflix. Like I would watch them and then I'd send it back and get the next one. The next one, I would, that's, that's what I did for for weeks I, I got through a lot of anime that way <clears throat> uh because i didn't have reliable wi-fi back then i know it's like the dark age but uh anyway so after after that i went through my recovery period and then i had to go and get the results so here's here's another another tip don't go get results for a life-altering test alone like i did <laughs> So I I went to the urologist to get these tests and I'm by myself. And you don't want to do that because the results can put you in kind of a state of shock and it's hard to take accurate notes or remember things in that state. Now, luckily I remembered enough about the experience so I was able to move on to the next steps, but it's not recommended. Uh, definitely take someone with you if you at all possible, at least take notes. But I remember them telling me that unfortunately the results were, you know, not good that, um, I would have to go see an oncologist to give me some recommendations, and that's how I ended up at Fox Chase. I, at some point, I, I remember seeing some of the notes from the urologist, I think it was, the urologist's office, about that day, and it had some notes about my affect, you know, and they said that something like I was like, really anxious, you know, looking like, and, and, and yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, I believe I looked really anxious and upset. I was, I was really a young man, barely out of college, hadn't done anything yet, and you're telling me, I just went through this like somewhat painful emergency surgery and you're telling me now I got to go through however many months of further treatment for life, you know, a life threatening disease, you know? So it was not fun. 
that day was not fun. Um, that was when it really sunk in. You're like, this is not a quick thing. This is not over. Because that previous week, you know, the hope was that either it wasn't cancer, because there's other things that can cause similar symptoms, or if it was, they like, you know, we don't, we won't need to deal with deal with anything. You know, it'll, we got it all. But when they discovered it was cancer, you have to go get, go to a ecologist and they do um, further scans and tests. And then, unfortunately, in my case, they had an indication that it spread, which means that we had to do further surgery and then um, chemotherapy. And there's a lot of uh, complications, and it took a long time for me to recover from all that stuff. And that's a story for another day. I, I guess today, though, I just want to end with make sure if you have young young men in your life that they do their self-exam, they understand the symptoms of testicular cancer and that they're 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 not um, afraid to bring it up. They're not uh, they don't feel anxious or or upset or worried about about talking about it, especially with their doctor, and that they do so uh, because it can grow fast. Like in my case, that tumor grew really fast, and the the fortunate thing is, uh, usually it's you know you get it when you're young usually, and it's highly treatable if you catch it early on. So don't don't dismiss it. Just make sure you go get checked out, uh, and you know. You get you got you got two testicles, man. You got a backup. It'll be fine. Doesn't even affect your testosterone levels or anything. Your your body is a very adaptable thing, and you know far far better than having cancer in you. So, you know, make sure you you get the you you they they the young men in your life know how to do self exams and are comfortable and talk about this and go to their doctor if necessary. And I would say that like this experience, how it affected me long term, even to today. Uh, had some positives and negatives. So on the one hand, you go through something like this, and the more difficult experiences I had with the other surgery and, and chemo and recovery is you go through this, this experience of facing a life-threatening illness or you know um, injury or something, and you you come out of it. At least for me, I came out of it on one hand just having no f's to give for certain things. Like years later, as I experienced had experiences with difficult people or situations or something. I was just like, eh, you know, I was more easily able to deal with it and shrug it off because this is nothing. Or when I when I was doing something really hard, I was able to say, you know, this is hard, but this is still nothing compared to the, you know, when I was after my lymph node surgery and I was, you know, like leaking essentially from a gigantic wound and I had to still walk around a hospital and it was extremely painful. And I had like I was dragging my IV with me down the hallways, but I had to make those like th- like whatever many a- laps around every day, you know, like that. That was hard. <laughs> like this is not hard, <laughs> you know. Um, so that was good. That was one thing. It, it helps you helps put your life in perspective. Helps put life in general in perspective. On the other hand, uh, it I think profoundly exacerbated uh, like my risk aversion that I already had, so that. For many years, even up until today, I've been, I, I was exceptionally risk averse and it, it held me back from doing things that I wanted to do. I originally, some things were unavoidable. Like I originally wanted to do Peace Corps and I went through the process of, of applying and talking to recruiters and I even took uh, post-graduate courses and got a TESOL certificate teaching English as a second language. But I couldn't do it because the logistics were not, were not going to be possible for me to go to Eastern Europe and do that and then still make my follow-up appointments and everything. And make sure I had adequate health insurance and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it wasn't really going to, that really wasn't going to work out. But other stuff I could have done that I wanted to do that even today I have not made as much progress on, um, partially because 
I was just so risk averse. I didn't want to change where I was, especially I didn't want to risk losing health insurance. And before the uh, Affordable Care Act was fully implemented, I, I was basically uninsurable. And like, I literally couldn't do anything on my own because how would I get any kind of insurance? And the, the Affordable Care Act actually opened a lot of doors for me to even think about this stuff. But even so, my personality is already risk averse. And going through experience like this, where like, where I was just lucky that I had health insurance and that I got through it all, you know, okay. And it, it just makes you really uneasy, at least for me. It made me like really uneasy on, on taking those risks because I always, I always worry about that. That's why I, like I save money and I have health insurance and I don't, you know, I don't like to, you know, to take too many risks. Uh, although I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone uh, last couple of years. And I think I've been increasingly successful at that. But it took until I got finished with my treatments to the point where I, like, I didn't have to go back to the oncologist anymore for follow-ups. They told me not to come back a couple years ago. It's like only then that I feel like a great weight had been lifted from me and I was able to finally, for real, move on. So it's a double-edged sword, you know. I think there's some real benefits from it. It also, I think, it was part of what introduced me to stoicism, which I think helped me get through a lot of emotionally difficult times in my life uh, at that point and since then. It helped me, you know, tolerate um, BS that's just not worth getting excited about. But it also exacerbated the um, less than ideal aspects of my personality, my risk aversion, and, and held me back for a long time. Not to mention it was just super painful and, and a huge, hugely expensive pain in the butt, even with uh, great, great health insurance. I mean, not as hugely expensive as other people, but, but you know, still it was rough. And whew, especially that later surgery and, uh, and chemo. Chemo is rough, too. And I was lucky. Like, I didn't go through nearly as much as other people did. Like, I knew people in the hospital that went through way worse. And I know people who recently, last couple of years, went through way worse. So, in my opinion, went through worse. But every, everybody's cancer is like, you know, as I said, their own, their own unique snowflake of, of horrors. So um, I don't remember anybody ever com- competing on this thing. I do remember a guy who I was, I, was in, um, uh, I was at Fox Chase. I don't remember which procedure it was, chemo or the surgery recovery or something. <clears throat> and I was there, and the guy was, I was sharing a room at that point with him, and he was just not good. I think he had lung cancer. And I remember one of these patients telling me, it's like one of the first things he asked me when I came in the room was, uh, you know, do you smoke? Because I was a young man. And there. I was one of the young, I was like the youngest patient aside from the kids based on my floor when I was going through uh, the main surgery and chemo. So as I said, cancer is primarily a, uh, you know, older person disease. So I, w- I was talking to this guy and he was like, do you smoke? I was like, no, it's good. Don't, you know, I remember that because I think he was dying of horrible lung cancer. So, you know, don't smoke kids. Really, really not good for you. Uh, and I have so many stories from, from Cancer World, but it's already been going long enough. I, I've, been, I've done this, this recording a few times now. I just can't quite keep it short because it's, it's, uh, it's a big, profound experience. I don't think you can really talk about it in 10 minutes effectively. And even now, I don't think I did it justice, but that, that first introduction into it, um, I just know that it was, it was scary in a way that nothing else in my life has been since then. The, the 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 introduction that the the time where I was first diagnosed, the first treatments where I was when I was like waiting and waiting and waiting to to do certain uh, uh, to do certain kinds of uh, treatments because of complications from other treatments like that that whole experience just profoundly terrifying in a way that 
nothing else has been since and hopefully never will again. Uh, you know. So that's it for this Tech Tuesday slash Cancer World introduction. I don't know. So I hope you found something useful in there and weren't just bored to tears about the whole the whole thing. Um, but if you ever have any like you know sh- if you have any experiences of your own in uh, you know Cancer World, feel free to share. Uh, if you want, you can find all my content information at dailycronpodcast dot com. Uh, and so let me know if you have anything you want you want to um to talk about. If you have any questions about my experience, uh, I'll be happy to read them and maybe answer them in a future podcast. Uh, otherwise, I hope you have a good night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Later. <laughs>